You are listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast from Freedom Fellowship Church in Tontytown, Arkansas. Our mission is to love God, love others, and serve both. And now let's listen in to this week's sermon. I want to ask a question before we get started this morning. How do you present the gospel of Jesus Christ to others? How do you share that message of hope, redemption through Christ? How do you share that with other people? That's a question that we want to look at here this morning because evangelism, that is going out and sharing the good news about Jesus Christ with others, is vital, vital to the life of any church much less the church of Jesus Christ. Which, as we continue in this, this series on the book of Acts, we see how the word of God begins to start in Jerusalem, then it begins to spread exactly like Christ said that it was going to. So evangelism, going out and sharing the message of Christ, was vital then, and it's vital today in 2022. We should be evangelizing or ministering every single day in some form or fashion. Whether it's someone you work with, whether it's you at the grocery store, whether it's you as a, uh, a neighbor or as a family member, we can be sharing. It doesn't mean that we have to go hit them with the Roman road every single day. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about sharing the good news about Jesus Christ. In other words, here's what he did for me. I want to share it with you. That should be at the top of our minds and the top of our lips every single day. And I want to say this before we jump into this. If you have not downloaded or looked at the YouVersion Bible app, I encourage you to do that because what you can do is you can hit more, hit events, and look for Freedom Fellowship. It should be geolocated to where it should be the first thing that pops up. Save these notes because there's going to be some things in here that you may want to go back and reference later. So I encourage you um, to look at the YouVersion Bible app. And it's a stark reminder sometimes, and sometimes we, we need this. We need a reminder for us kind of a little bit of a swift kick for us of how short our time is on this earth. Unfortunately, those kids in Uvalde, they don't get a chance tomorrow to share Christ with someone. Their families are devastated right now. They thought that when they were 35, you know, they would be doing all of this kind of stuff, but the Simple fact is, we don't know how much time we have on this earth. So why do we not want to share Christ with others? I know that we all want to, but how do we do that effectively? That's what we're talking about this morning. And there's an old saying, the gospel is so simple that it takes man trying to improve it to really mess it up. Amen? Yep. We try to get clever. We try to, you know, this, that, and the other in 
changing the message. I'm not talking about the method because there's many different ways to, to share Christ. It's the message of the gospel that Christ came to redeem mankind back into fellowship with the Father. You, you sort of get kind of a twisted version of that to where Christ only came so that you could be rich, so you could be in perfect health, that you could be all, they start to, it, the message gets twisted. Okay, so if you would, open up to Acts chapter 10, and what we're going to do is we are going to cover a chapter and a half, which everyone let out a collective groan, like, oh, it's a holiday weekend, I thought we were going to get out of here early. We are. I, I don't want to promise, but I'm, that's, what, that's my goal. So normally what we do is we, we cover kind of at a, a natural pace during the, the book of Acts. But what we're looking at is we're going to be starting in chapter 10, verse 1. And we're going to go all the way through chapter 11, verse 18. And the reason is that is one account of Peter going and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're not going to read every single verse, but guess what? Ask the Sunday school class. I love giving homework. So I encourage you this week at some point, read through Acts chapter 10 and the first 18 verses of chapter 11. So really, let me, I'm going to summarize a lot of this and we're going to hit kind of the, the key points, but we're looking at about 10 years after Pentecost. That is the birth of the early church, the day of Pentecost. You can read about it in the next two. But this is a roughly 10 years after that. And so we have Peter going out with John, and they are going and spreading the word of Christ. We saw that Stephen was killed for his faith in Jerusalem. Then we have Philip who was going out to the Samaritans and preaching Christ. And what we looked at in Acts chapter 9, we kind of did it a little bit backwards. We looked at Peter going to a town of Joppa, or a town called Joppa, which is modern-day Tel Aviv, if you look at it on a map. That's where he is. He went and he was performing miracles. He raised Tabitha back to life. And it says joy began to spread in that city. Also in chapter 9, we saw last week that the Apostle Paul had his road to Damascus encounter with Christ himself. It wasn't an angel. It wasn't someone witnessing to him. It was Christ himself who came and got Paul's attention. And it's important for us to know that when we look at the book of Acts, we have to look at the three pillars of the church. And I'm not talking about Christ, Holy Spirit, that kind of thing. Three men that the Lord put in charge of building this church. It was Peter. He was kind of the first pillar. The second is Paul. Anybody know who the third one is? Holy Spirit, no. James, the apostle James, who was the leader of the church in Jerusalem, which we'll get to a little bit later. So we have Peter going out to Tel Aviv or Joppa, and he is ministering to people, and joy begins to spread. And then we meet a man named Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. So let's look at this. It says, in Caesarea, that's a town that is north of Tel Aviv, 
modern day, it's called Caesarea Maritima. I've been there. It is amazing what is, is left of this. So Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was the captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, as was, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. So we meet this man named Cornelius. There's a couple of things that we can look at just based on the text here. That he was what we would consider a God sympathizer. He believed in God. Talking about God the Father. He was changed by that. Says everyone in his house. He was devout. Which means he was committed to serving God. He gave generously to the poor and prayed to regularly to God. That is who Cornelius was. He treated God with respect. He was what we would consider a religious man. But here's the thing. He was not a saved man. According to Romans 10, 9, and 10, it's a very simple criteria. You have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and that God raised him from the dead. Has Cornelius done that? Nope, not yet. He, he had the right attitude, but he just he, he didn't know. He was ignorant. And we, ignorance has a very negative connotation in society, but it just simply means that you, you aren't aware of something. But he will be aware. So he was a... God sympathizer. He was sympathetic to God. He prayed regularly to God, but he was not a saved man. A lot of people out there today, including those in churches, who are under the same thing. They have an idea of Christ. They think he's a good guy, but have they submitted to his lordship and truly believe that he is the son of God according to Romans 10, 9, and 10? No. We wish that everyone did, but we know that that's not the case. So what happens, and I'm going I'm to summarize large chunks this morning. Basically, Cornelius had a vision. An angel showed up to him in a vision and said, there's this guy named Peter. I want you to go call for him, have him come back here. At the same time, Peter, when he was in Joppa, had a vision. The Lord gave him a very unique vision. And you can read about it in Acts chapter 10. But basically, it was a large sheet coming out of the, the sky with a bunch of animals in there. And it says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter's like, whoa, I can't do that. I'm a Jew. There's a little piggly wiggly. And I can't do that. I'm a Jew. Jews had certain things, certain dietary restrictions, but God is about to change that in a spiritual sense. So Peter has this vision. He's like, oh, wow. Just then, these men show up. The Lord told Peter, go with these men back to Joppa. So Peter goes. He goes to the house of Cornelius and he's about to set one foot in to the house. But it was against the law for a Jew, Peter, to set one foot 
inside the house of a Gentile. Why is that? We're going to jump ahead. Look at verse 28, Acts 10, 28. Peter told them, you know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this or to associate with you. Here's the, the best part about this chapter, besides the gospel presentation. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. That's why Peter did not set foot in their house yet, or he wouldn't have had he not had this vision from God. Why? Because Jews were here, Gentiles were here. I can't associate with somebody down here. You're scum. You're unclean. You are impure according to my standard. So he could not even associate with Cornelius according to Jewish law. Again, Jews here, everybody else down here. But it says, but God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. Verse 29, so I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you sent for me. What happens next is Peter, uh, Cornelius, answers him, says, okay, I don't know why we brought you here, but what do you have to say? We want to hear what you have to say. And Peter gives a simple gospel presentation. Like I said at the beginning, how do you share the gospel with others? Like I said, some people try to get super clever with it and all of that. The content that we share with people about Christ is very simple. The methods are a different story. So I want to read, starting in Acts 10, 34. We're going to go down through verse 43, and I want you to see how simply Peter presents the gospel. Verse 34 then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. And I want to stop right there. Cornelius, this leader in the Italian army, the Roman army, was not allowed to hear the gospel until God gave the okay. But now we see Cornelius fears God, but he also does what's right. Look at, at the end of verse 35. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. So Cornelius is already on the right track, but Peter continues. Verse 36, this is the message of the good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all he did throughout Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him to life on the third day. 
Then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all the living and the dead. He is the one whom the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. That is, I I like to call it like a spiritual two by four to the face, just boom, he hits Cornelius with the gospel. Nightly, uh, uh, a neatly packaged little gift that he just presented to Cornelius and Cornelius's household. Very simple. That took what? Nine verses? Nine sentences to present the gospel to Cornelius. So again, I ask you, how do you share the gospel with others? Do you take nine sentences? Do you take four? Do you take 40? How do you present the gospel? Now, there's a couple things that we can go in and and dissect from this, which I'm really itching to do. But for the sake of time, I want to put up this slide. This should be um, the gospel points. In any clear gospel presentation, there needs to be a couple of things. You can add to this list. You can take things away, combine them, whatever you want to do. But I want you to see these are seven that I came up with that will help us kind of understand when we talk to someone about the gospel, there's certain criteria that are must-haves in there. Number one, sin and separation from God. Number two, God's love and desire to reconcile us. Number three, Christ is the mediator. Number four, Christ is God in human form. Number five, Christ dies for our sins. Then he was resurrected, but also the forgiveness of sins. And then faith in him is a response to his grace. Now, like I said, if you have the YouVersion Bible app, you can save this slide in there, right there, and go back and and look at it later. This is necessities. When we present the gospel to others, it needs to have these things because that is the simplicity of the gospel. What I like to do is I like to... When I share Christ with somebody, don't take my word for it. What was the old reading rainbow? Dylan, do you remember? Let's not take my word for it. Okay, yeah. Uh, Someone else recognized that too. Okay. I like when the Bible says things better than I ever could, which is very often, almost every time. But I want you to look at Titus chapter 3. We're going to look starting in verse number 3. Verses 3 through 7 of Titus chapter 3 It is probably the most potent gospel presentation that talks about our situation and then the love of Christ. So if we look at Titus chapter 3, and we have it up here on the slide, it says, Once we too were foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. Now, that talks about the human 
condition, our fallen nature, our separation from God. I love verse number four because that's a big but right there. But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, that hits the, the love part, he saved us not because of the righteous things which we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out his spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. That'll preach right there. I don't have to say another word. In fact, next Sunday, all we have to do is come in and read Titus 3, 3 through 7 and go home. That's all we have to do. That is the gospel of Jesus. Are you taking notes, Tom? Okay. Yeah. That is all we have to do. That is, I call, you guys remember the orange juice from Concentrate, the frozen stuff you used, to, and then put the water in there? Oh, that stuff is gross. <laughs> Thankfully, Minute Maid has come out with normal orange juice, but uh, I know some people still do that, and I apologize, didn't mean to offend, but... That concentrate, if you were a kid and have you ever licked it? Yes, I know, everybody has. It's like, oh, because it's so potent. That's what Titus 3 is. It is that potent gospel presentation to where you don't need to add water to it. it you don't need to dilute it. It is just let it speak for itself. And that's only just a couple of verses. And I want to share a couple more with you because if you are looking for a way to improve the way that you share Christ, maybe that's stepping out, talking to somebody that you normally wouldn't, and you don't know what to say, read Titus 3, 3 through 7. That's all you have to do. Let the text speak for itself. Follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Here's another one from Luke chapter 24, verses 46 through 48. This isn't as well-rounded as Titus's gospel presentation, but it hits the necessary points. It says, and he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. That's three verses right there, 46, 47, 48. That hits all, most of the points. So if we can go back to that gospel points slide, I want to put these up one more time. And again, if you're looking for, I don't know, I, I want to witness to somebody, I want to share Christ, but I don't know how, that right there is how these main points but allow the text to speak for itself sin and separation from god god's love and desire to reconcile us christ the mediator christ is god in human form christ died for our sins was resurrected the forgiveness of sins and then faith in him that is a simple gospel presentation and the reason we're hitting this so hard is this is exactly what peter did when he went in the home of cornelius he articulated the gospel in a simple and straightforward way. Like I said, it doesn't matter the method that we do it. The message 
about salvation through Christ and Christ alone is very important for each and every one of us. So, how they reacted to this, the other apostles, again, these are men of God. These were what we would consider churchgoers. In fact, they were the, the leaders in the church. They knew the message of Christ. You see all of these love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, the fruit of the Spirit. They had that just billowing out of them until chapter 11. Let's look at the first three verses of chapter 11. And by the way, when things start to throw a wrench into our lives in some kind of way, we don't like it. Things are good. When something comes in, it's like, oh, no. Do we have, uh, yeah, there it is. Soon the news reached the apostles, talking about Peter's experience, the apostles and other believers in Judea, that the Gentiles had received the word of God. Hey, praise God, yes. No, verse 2. But when Peter arrived back in Jerusalem, the Jewish believers criticized him. You entered the home of the Gentiles and even ate with them. How dare you, you dirty dog? How dare you? The gospel is for us. It's not for them. We're here. They're here. Why would you do that? You're a man of God. You're supposed to understand we're here and they're here. They criticized Peter. The guy from Jesus' inner circle was being criticized. The dude who preached at Pentecost, that famous sermon, that pillar of the early church, they're like, mm, I don't like what this guy's doing. No, boo, boo. How dare you do that? We're Jews. They're Gentiles. And I love Peter's response to this. Let's go ahead and put up that next slide. This is chapter 11, verse 17. What he does in chapter 11 is he recounts the story. Here's what happened. I went to the home of Cornelius. But look at verses 17 and 18. It says, and since God gave these Gentiles the same gift he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ who was I to stand in God's way what do the kids call it today a mic drop moment boom that's all he had to do because watch what the Holy Spirit does to these other believers and apostles when the others heard this they stopped objecting and began praising God they said, we can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege, watch this, of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. How dare they, in verse 1, say, no, 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 repentance of sin and eternal life, that's our thing. That's only for us as Jews. We don't want it to go to anybody else. We're special. Everybody else is not special. But God changed their minds. Through Peter, 
Peter presenting the gospel, the simplicity of the gospel to Cornelius and his household. The gospel is now for all human beings, not just the Jews. It was for the Jews at Pentecost. Then in Acts chapter 8, it became for the Samaritans when Philip was going out and preaching Christ to them. In Acts 10 and 11, it is now for the Gentiles. And in 2022, things have not changed. 1 Timothy 2.4, this should be very familiar. The Lord desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So what does that look like today? You may work with a Muslim. You may work with an Orthodox Jew. You may work with the atheist of all atheists. The gospel is for them, just like the gospel is for us. I have to go back and look at it. I think it was verse 34 when Peter said, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. God does not say, well, I love these people more than these people. See, what Christ did, part of his work on the cross, is to be that propitiation, that fancy word that the Apostle Paul uses often, is that once and for all sacrifice. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter what that is. He desires all men and women to be saved. All to come to the knowledge of the truth about who Christ is. That's the Lord's desire. So where does our part come in? Picking up right where that leaves off. We know that God desires all of these people to be saved. How are they going to get saved unless they hear the gospel? Everybody raise your hand. It's my job to do that. It's everyone's job to share Christ. And I want to show you this out of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 through 26. It says, A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone to be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Perhaps Justin Patterson will change those people's hearts. Oh, I can't quite see that. Oh, oh, okay. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts. It's not my job. It is not your job to change people's hearts. You are not convincing anyone of anything. It is God's job to change the hearts of people. If we start getting into the heart-changing business, we're going to put up a out of business sign five seconds later. We are not in that business. Our job is to share Christ with others. Verse 25 again, gently instruct those people who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Verse 26, then when they come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, 
for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Wait a minute. Now you're talking about spiritual warfare. That person who is a Muslim that I work with, does this apply to them? Mm -hmm. Anyone who falls under the sway of the wicked one, those who have not professed faith in Christ, falls into that category in verse 26. Doesn't mean that they're demon-possessed or you know, anything like that. It means that they are under the influence of the enemy. It says the devil's trap. So, what we must do is to do exactly what verse 24 talks about. We must be kind to everyone to be able to teach and to be patient with difficult people, even if they completely disagree with us theologically, politically, socially, whatever. Our job is to present Christ. Amen? We don't save people. The Lord does. And when we're talking about a simple gospel presentation, there's one verse, actually two verses, that I wanted to say for the very end because you may be thinking, okay, that's, I don't know where Titus is. It's somewhere in my Bible. But I don't. What's the one that everybody knows about? Let's go ahead and put it up. John 3, 16 and 17. This is that neatly wrapped little gospel verse. It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. That hits every single one of those gospel points that we talked about earlier. The work of Jesus Christ is what we need to be sharing with others. We don't have to get fancy. We don't have to try to get slick with how we do it. We just simply present the gospel. That's what Peter did when he went to the home of Cornelius. He went and said, here's the gospel. The Lord changed their hearts. And they were saved on that day. So Cornelius went from being a guy who thought that God was a pretty cool dude. Let me give to his people. He went from being that to being redeemed. Truly redeemed because of the work of Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your message that we see here in the book of Acts. And Father, when we leave here today and this week, Father, we just ask that you help get us out of our comfort zones when it comes to sharing Christ. Maybe we are afraid that someone will reject it. I just ask that you help us in that to understand it is not our job to make sure that someone receives the gospel or responds to the gospel. Our job is to simply tell them about the gospel. The Lord is the one who changes people's hearts, not us. And Father, we thank you that we see from your word that that's true. It's not my opinion. 
That is what your word says. The Lord is the one who changes people's hearts. And Father, following what 2 Timothy 2 talks about, we are your servant and we don't want to quarrel. We want to be kind to everyone. We want to teach and be patient with difficult people. We want to gently instruct those who oppose the truth. And Father, I just ask that you allow us to step out of our comfort zone and to be your best spokesperson. Again, it's not reflecting on ourselves, but Father, we are pointing the glory to you because you are worthy of it. And we thank you for all of this. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Freedom Fellowship audio podcast. We are located at 990 West Henry de Tonti Boulevard in Tontytown, Arkansas. You can check us out on the web at freedomfellowship.com or you can find us on social media by searching Freedom Fellowship NWA. We hope you have a great week and that you live out the mission of the church, which is to love God, love others, and serve both.